Steelers GM Omar Khan went on the Pat McAfee show and said Mitch Trubisky is going to be signed to an extension. We'll talk about the impact of that, not just on the pocketbooks and the salary cap potentially, but also on what it means for the quarterback position moving forward for the Steelers, as well as some Joey Porter Jr. talk all here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Jenna Hunter of Channel 11 WPXI. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined today again on a Friday by the wonderful Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI here in Pittsburgh. Jenna, how we doing over there? Well, Chris, it is wonderful to be with you on a Friday, as always. Things are great. It's wild. I feel like we're ramping right up again. Rookie minicamps in the books. Now we got OTAs to look forward to next week. What a time. What a time. Indeed, it is a time. Um, and uh, Omar Khan took time to go on the Pat Ma- Pat McAfee show re- this past Thursday, and you know talked to- talked about a few different things. But one thing he mentioned was they're happy about their quarterback room. We already know that Mason Rudolph's coming back. We'll get to talk about the quarterback room itself in the second segment here. But I want to talk about with the signing of Mitch Trubisky to an extension, which is what Omar Khan said the Steelers have kind of gotten to work on and finalize here. It makes me wonder, one, how much longer is it, is it? But two, if Mitch Trubisky's signing an extension, something tells me that the money that he's signing is probably, the, the way that he's signing this contract is probably going to help the Steelers out contractually this year to free up some extra space. Right now, he's a $10.6 million cap hit. Uh, about $2.6 of, of that is guaranteed. $8 million of that was kind of up in the air, where if the Steelers let him go, they'd get that much back in their salary cap. I don't think that they're going to get $4 million or anything like that back, but they might be able to free up maybe two-ish million dollars here to add back to their salary cap space. And with the recent releasing of Akella Witherspoon, which we covered on yesterday's episode, um, there's there's, there's going to be approximately, I think after after that, there should be 10 to 11-ish million dollars. You tack on Mitch Trubisky and maybe some numbers added there, you're maybe talking about the Steelers having anywhere from 12 to 14 million dollars now open in cap space which to me continues to open up the idea that they want to make something else happen here in the offseason jenna we've talked about all these different possibilities i think one is quan alexander and the position of off-ball linebacker which it's clear they want to address because they brought quan alexander back in um Two is, uh, is is depth at edge rusher. We know that they want it. They we, yeah, Nick Herbig's a rookie. Quincy Roche is a guy they just picked back up off of someone else's practice squad after drafting him in the sixth round a couple a couple years ago. I, I look at that and I say, okay, maybe not so solidified. But there's also the prospect of making other moves, like maybe extending, you know, signing Alex Hindsmith to an extension here and making sure he's a long term Steeler. It, Jenna, just from your perspective. What is the Steelers' priority right now when it comes to what do you think that they want to get done first before they start OTAs next week? Well, this is a really intriguing possibility because there has been so much talk about is there going to be an Alex Highsmith contract extension, how talks are going, things along those lines. And I really do seem to think 
that is probably what they want to make a priority. Again, we know how tight-lipped the Steelers are. So this isn't, you know, they're not putting the bat signal out saying, all right, this is what's going to happen next, people. But that this does really intrigue me. And I do think, I mean, you and I talk about this all the time, and we hear it from, like, Tomlin. We hear it from Omar Khan. We hear it from Steelers management, front office, Art Rooney II, pretty much across the board. We know the Steelers absolutely love that homegrown, home-developed talent where it was a guy that they drafted. It's a guy they've, you know – seen progress and seen develop into the player that they are. And then the guy that they signed to those second, third extension, you know, et cetera, et cetera, contracts Mm -hmm. and keep within the system, within the organization for a decent chunk of their careers. And so I think that is something the Steelers are going to definitely look to do with Alex Highsmith. Again, the season that he had last year, he does come in to these negotiations with Omar Khan with a lot of leverage, but at the same time, it's seemingly to me very well worth it to keep a guy in there like Highsmith who you're probably going to have to pay decent money too, but also at the yeah. same time, he is still young, but he's shown what he can do. He's proven what he can do. He proved what he did last year without TJ Watt. To me, that seems like a priority they want to make, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, getting a guy like, you know, signing a guy like Juan Alexander, they're going to make some move in that realm. The way that Omar Khan works with the cap. We know how he moves things and how he's called, you know, the cap wizard, things, things in the, things of that nature. Who am I? Mike Tomlin now saying that, um, <laughs> that, that came out of my mouth instinctually, which tells you that we go to too many press conferences where we hear that on repeat, but I, I would be really intrigued just to kind of see what this is going to signify, but it does feel like the Steelers are going to look to do something. Also something of note, we know they like to kind of keep some money, not that they're not spending in case of emergency, kind of that break glass in case of emergency type of situation. I agree. And we do know that that is absolutely up, up, up their sleeve right now. They want to make sure that's ready for that. And I brought this up too, as well, not just for, if an injury happens, but for like what happened in 2017, when Joe Hayden became available, like in training camp, because the Browns were like, we can't afford to keep him. And they let him go. And then all of a sudden you're like, that's a perfect need. We need to go be able to get that. And they were able to get that because they had saved that space. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but that's part of the Kevin Colbert playbook, which I think will carry over to the Omar Khan playbook that you might want to make sure that, uh, that, that you have money set aside ready to go uh, for your, t- for, for, uh, for, for your team in case a, you need to sign someone because someone got injured. Or you need to make a trade of some sort and you have wiggle room to make the trades that you need to make or B you, someone just becomes available that you didn't expect. And you happen to be ready for that. So that's absolutely part of this equation here too. But I, I also think that they kind of have that already, right? Like they, they have about 10 ish million dollars in cap space. Granted, some of that I think is going to be picked back up when the, I think when all the rookies sign, because I think Broderick Jones still has to sign his rookie deal, but still they're in the range where they want to be any money that they're adding on right now, as far as salary cap space, I think can go to something else. I think it goes back to just that question that we're going to keep asking ourselves until it happens. What is the big move that Omar Khan wants to happen? And a big move doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be trading for Aaron Donald or signing JJ Watt. Please stop bringing that up. I don't think JJ, JJ Watt's, 
happy retired. I think that Mike Tomlin just wants him to come in to build relationships and, you know, good family stuff there with, with, with TJ Watt. But real things could be just good depth players like Quan Alexander would come in. So you supplement the depth at linebacker. So would um, uh, you know you get getting another guy in there like, like you know you know we've talked about other edge rushers like Justin Houston or um, or uh, uh, Leonard Floyd. You know I'm not so sure how those guys are fit or how how willing the Steelers will be to you know bring in guys like that after what happened with Melvin Ingram. But guys like Rashawn Evans, you know who's, who's an off ball linebacker who kind of fits the mold of an a Landon Roberts or a Cole Holcomb. All those things to me speak to if the Steelers were able to get that it would continue to balance out this very balanced roster where we don't look at it and say hmm this is the big weakness that can definitely cost them a whole bunch of games this year I want to say one thing the tired take is J.J. Watt to play on the Steelers the wired take is J.J. Watt to be a member of the Steelers coaching staff I mean who says no dang Jenna I think Jenna just broke it right here did I did I coaching Let's go. We just that that's it. JJ Watt, a coach for the Steelers, new, new defensive line coach alongside Carl Dunbar, assistant. Jenna, you have broken the code right there. That's why we have Jenna Horner on here, breaking all breaking up all breaking up all the things here. Um, also, just a quick shout out here. Jenna, if you were to guess right now, according to spotrack.com, which is a lot of the it's like overthecap.com with estimations, they have an estimation calculated market value for Alex Highsmith. Could you guess right now what it is and that this number would be pertinent to me? Oh boy, uh 13.9 million. You are on the dot because you know who I am as a person. Thank you. It is 13.9. Shout out 13.9. Shout out Wes Euler and all my West Virginia friends. I had to get that in the show somehow. We're going to switch topics. We're going to talk about the actual extending of Trubisky and what it means for a quarterback room that's also getting back Mason Rudolph. All that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner today. But first, before we do any more of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Built Bar. Built Bar sponsors this episode because they have the best protein bars in America. You got to try them right now because they come in so many different flavors. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and somehow they're not giving you all the fat and the calories that you get from a lot of the tastier treats out there. Yes, this is Built Bar. We talked about this a lot. If you haven't heard me talk about it, get on it right now because they're healthy and they're tasty. Every Built Bar comes covered in 100% real chocolate. And inside that chocolate are amazing flavors that range from churro to peanut butter brownie to coconut almond to brownie batter, all these different flavors, cookies and cream. There's so many different things available. Go to built.com and you can find all the different flavors available. And with each flavor, you're still only getting 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and you're fitting 17 grams of protein. And so you're getting all the gains of the protein and none of the waste of the, of all the fat and calories that are going to, that are going to mess you up and take you out of your diet. That's why you got to go get built bars right now. And you don't have to go to built.com anymore. If you want to pick some up at Walmart or Sam's Club, they're carrying them right now. Go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and you can pick up four bar boxes with flavors like cooks and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can also go to Sam's Club, run and grab 13 bar boxes with hip flavors like brownie batter and churro. Trust me, when you try Built Bar, you'll be thanking me later because when you try Built Bar, you'll realize it's the best protein bar in America. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Horner here on a Friday. Jenna, let's talk about just, we don't know the numbers yet, so we still don't know what Mitch Trubisky's been extended for. That's just something that, that Omar Khan brought up. There's that, that That's a thing. But let's talk about personnel-wise. 
with him being extended beyond just this year, because I thought that, that maybe it's Trubisky would just be finish out his two year deal, go on and see if he could be a starter somewhere. But if he's getting that extension, it sounds like to me, Mr. Trubisky is kind of like, you know what? Having a, having a steady guaranteed contract where I know I can be a number two somewhere isn't all that bad. And I think that Mitch Trubisky coming back is also a good thing for the Steelers. You think about when Ben Roethlisberger was entering his prime, the Steelers kept around veteran quarterbacks like Byron Leftwich and Charlie Batch for in case Ben Roethlisberger got hurt and you needed to just hold up the team in, in, in those spots. Mitch Trubisky is going to be one of the better backup quarterbacks on the market. And frankly, I think Mason Rudolph is going to be as well when you consider the experience he brings versus a lot of the other backup quarterbacks that are out there and available. So when I look at that, you have Kenny Pickett, the starter, and your second-year player. Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky have both have multiple starts for your franchise. I, I think the Steelers, what they've done is they've solidified their quarterback room, at least in the immediate future, so that there's not worrying about you know, what happens if Kenny gets hurt for a month and he's out for a bit? You have two guys that can hold down the fort. And this has been something that the Steelers franchise has not had to do for a while recently. I mean, yes, you can talk about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, the Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges year in that sense. But again, there's been such stability at the quarterback position with this franchise for the last however many years under Ben Roethlisberger that now it is does it does kind of feel like that, you know, okay, they're turning the chapter, turning, yeah, turning the page to the next chapter in this part. And you have three guys, again, that know your system. You have your rookie who Mike Tomlin, Andy Weidel, Omar Khan, Art Rooney II have all stamped their seal of approval on and said, you know, hey, this is the guy who is our future here. We believe he is our guy. You have Kenny Pickett in that role, but then you have Mitch Trubisky in that experienced he has the starter role and kind of, you know, or he's been experienced as a starter while at the same time knowing, hey, maybe he is a little bit more suited as a backup and not to say that in any sort of knock or anything along those lines. It's just the reality of what it is. But you have mm -hmm. a guy like Mitch Trubisky who Kenny Pickett can learn under. And I think that is and that's going to go really far. And then again, when your third string quarterback is Mason Rudolph, who knows this system, who started games for this team, who's been used to being in that backup role and can now be that extra set of eyes for the three of this, you know, three of the guys in the quarterback room. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really, it, it shows stability to me in the Steelers and just in the way that they say, hey, look, this is how we're looking at things. Kenny Pickett's our guy of the future, but we have two guys behind him that one, we feel confident putting out there. If Kenny Pickett does get hurt, I know there was a lot of there's a lot of talk out there about Kenny coming into year two and with the concussions he had in year one, how healthy is he going to remain? And again, you never know the extent of injuries and you never know what can happen, but you have guys behind your starting quarterback that you would feel comfortable in going in there, being able to manage a game, especially with the run heavy offense. This offense is going to look to take on that identity even more this year. I think that's going to be a really big thing across the board. I, I agree. It's going to be a big thing because also Kenny Pickett, you saw Kenny Pickett last year. Let me tell you that Kenny Pickett last year was still tuned down from the amount that he would sacrifice his body from his days at Pitt. And maybe some yeah. of that was coaching from the Steelers to being like, hey, stop diving head first, man. Because Kenny Pickett would do this thing where, like, you know, we all talked about, joke about the fake slide and the great moment in the ACC championship game, Jenna. But there were so many times where 
he, he would slide like head first because he wanted to get the first down. He wanted to lead the ball. And he was that's part of his charm and his charisma as a, as, as a captain. He wants to be that guy that shows like, hey, I'm out here sacrificing everything too. But the Steelers want to protect him. And part of protecting him too is also making sure that while he's learning how to do that, you have someone else ready to take up the mantle of of, of holding down the starting quarterback position while he recovers from whatever injury he deals with. And you hope that that's not another head injury because if it happens that way, it's going to bring up a lot of Tua Tungvaloa questions that, that, mm. that come up that way. But knee injuries, chest injuries, arm injuries, all these things are – there's so many things that can happen in football. And I think that that's the key right now, Jenna, is, like you said, stability is a big key for the Steelers. And now you have it so that not only is there stability in case an injury happens, but there's stability where when they have a quarterback meeting, all these guys know each other and yep. they can all bring input. They all study things. They've all, they've all studied the same things. They've been in the same offense for, for a while and they're all going to know some of the similar opponents. So the moments where we saw, even when Mitch Trubisky was dethroned and, and went from starter to backup he was there for Kenny Pickett, talking through games, going over things with him, helping see things on films. One, I think one thing we saw that was a great point for both Mason Rudolph and Mr. Trubisky, they were great teammates. There was never a point where they were just like, I'm checked out because I'm not going to get any playing time this year. They, there was never that attitude. And to me, that's another big point for keeping all three of these guys around to kind of help build up Kenny Pickett as he grows as a second-year player. And Chris, I want to touch on that in one minute. Ian Rappaport is reporting that it is a two-year extension for Mitch Trubisky. See, here we are. We're bringing we the go. news to people as it's happening. He's reporting it's a two-year extension, which means he's now under contract for three years. Rappaport is reporting it's $19.4 million, according to his sources. Including upside, Trubisky can earn a total of $33 million over the length of the contract, a solid payday for a valued part of the quarterback room, which we know, again, Omar Khan spoke about that at the Combine. He said that they really do value Mitch and what he brings to this room in an incredible amount. And again, having that stability, having that leadership too, where he can be that extra set of eyes, because again, there's such value to that, especially as a young guy like Kenny Pickett, who's still adjusting to everything in the league, who's still learning what exactly to look for and what direct ways having a guy like Trubisky, having a guy like Mason Rudolph being those second set of eyes saying, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. You know, when they're on the sideline of games, Hey, this is, you know, I'm seeing this, this, this. When we see them break those things down on the iPad or the Microsoft Surface tablets, things like that, you really kind of get the sense that they are going to be a part of that in that way. And that's just, again, the ultimate goal here is to help mm -hmm. this Steelers team win games, and they're going to be a part of that in that way. Absolutely. I think that that's definitely that's definitely part of it here is, is building towards that ultimate goal that they have, they have there. And again, before anything, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's development is – very much as, as as important as everything else here, developing the offensive line, making sure the defense, making sure Broderick Jones comes in and is great, making sure Joey Porter Jr. is, but all of that pales in comparison to, to making Kenny Pickett become the next franchise quarterback. Because if, if he is, it puts it may it puts everything else in a really good spot. He makes every everyone else be better. And just from seeing him in college, I think that if Kenny Pickett catches on in the NFL and his leadership traits that we saw in college translate to the Steelers, he was a boost for everyone on that Panthers roster. I think he'd similarly be the same way, not just on the field, but off the field as a leader. I think he's going to raise the entire culture of the Steelers if he gets to that point. So again, very important to invest in making sure that that happens. And I think a, a great way to do that is by keeping veterans around who know the system, know Kenny Pickett, and can help as far as 
developing game by game, week by week. I want to talk some defense here, though, with Jenna, because I wanted to, to approach something with Joey Porter Jr. As OTAs begin, we won't get to see a lot of the physicality of players, right? We're not going to see the offensive lines, but we will start to get to see maybe some receivers and some DBs get matched up in some one-on-one drills. And not that they'll be in full pads, but it, I think it will start to explore, okay, Maybe we'll see how Joey Porter Jr. measures up with other guys. We'll see his first interactions with Patrick Peterson. Who, you know, How does Patrick Peterson lead? I want to talk about all those dynamics here in the third segment of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner. Jenna Let's talk about this cornerback group because we, we've been talking about it for a while. We talked about it. I talked about it yesterday on the show when Akella Witherspoon was released by the Steelers. So now your cornerback room looks like Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., James Pierre, Chandon Sullivan, um, and then Corey Trice. And then you, you're still bringing in some undrafted free agent guys in. But you got a bunch of guys who some of those guys, you know, Levi Wallace, James Pierre, guys that have been on the roster for a little bit now. Um, Patrick Peterson, you know, as a veteran who has a great reputation in the NFL, just had five interceptions last year. You're hoping he comes in and it's kind of that old wise veteran that helps helps guys along here. But then you have Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, two rookies that you're hoping develop. They're both six foot three. They've got long arms. They like to be physical. And to me, it's going to be very intriguing to see what are the dynamics just in OTAs and then eventually that bleeds into the season and training camp and the season um, as far as who is who in the secondary, who takes the number one receivers at all times. It's got to be starting out as Patrick Peterson, but how soon would Joy Porter Jr. Roll, go, in, go into that role? These are all things that I'm still pondering over going into uh, OTAs, which start next week. No, absolutely. I'm kind of sitting here with you doing the same because it was interesting when we heard Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator, talk after they drafted Joey Porter Jr. You could see the excitement in his face, but he also made it a point to say, you know, this isn't really going to be a redshirt year for Joey Porter Jr. They expect him to come in and obviously earn his job, but they expect him to start. And I think that is what you're going to be spending your money when you're spending your draft pick and draft capital on when you picked him at that 32nd pick. They want him to be that starter. The nice thing is, in my mind maybe I'm I guess maybe I'm not among the major part of this um the people thinking in this way but I think it's not the worst thing in the world if he doesn't immediately start game one because you have Levi Wallace and we know the type of rotation Mm -hmm. that the Steelers like to work in so this could be kind of that thing granted I do think he will start but if he doesn't I don't think it's kind of a press the panic button type thing because I think when you look at who you have as your top three guys in Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., and Levi Wallace. It's pretty solid talent across the board here and talent that the Steelers are going to look at to say, hey, we like this. Corey Trice also does really intrigue me too and what his role is going to be and when we're going to see him, what types of packages, what types of usage are we going to see the Steelers, you know, want to, what ways we want to see the Steelers utilize him. But I I realistically think it's going to be Patrick Peterson as quarterback one and everybody hopes it's going to turn out as Joey Porter Jr., CB2, Levi Wallace, CB3 to kind of fill in and just kind of have a rotation in that way. But it's really intriguing and it is going to be fun to watch these battles and to see how quickly Joey Porter Jr. can develop and see what we get from him. Because I know in his college days, it was a little bit of a slower start for him. And Mm -hmm. once he got up to speed, he took off running, pun fully intended there. 
Absolutely. But, uh, you know, Jenna, like, like, like you were talking about, I think that with Joey Porter Jr., there's definitely going to be a learning curve. There's yeah. definitely going to be a period. He's going to make mistakes. And my big wondering, too, is, and I talked about this a little bit with Joe Marino, an NFL draft expert we had on the show earlier this week. Check out the Wednesday episode. Um, but what do they have him play? What do they have the team play? Because Joey Porter Jr. is not, you know, maybe he can play off ball coverage a little bit, but what he was really good at at Penn State was get in your face, man press, jam you at the line of scrimmage, knock you off your route, mess up the timing, and then just use his, his, his ability to blanket you and stick with you. Now, uh, if you're a shiftier wide receiver and he gives you space, that's where he his weaknesses start to show more on tape. So yeah. then that, that begs the question, is he the person that you want running man press? Does everybody want run man press? Do they switch it up or do they switch up his style because they see a different thing? And all those types of questions are things that I think are going to be very interesting for one, Terrell Austin to figure out as defensive coordinator, but two, for Joey Porter to figure out himself, how does he adjust his game? Does he want to be still at that man press corner? Or does he want to be, or does he, how soon can he develop into? Because you imagine he wants to develop into a corner that can have different styles and different traits that he's able to deploy because that's what the best corners do. But how soon can he get that is a, is a big question. And with the Steelers, they're going to face some talented wide receivers in just the division alone. Amari Cooper with the Browns, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with the Bengals, and now Odo Beckham Jr. and rookie Zay Flowers with the Ravens. There's going to be numbers of challenges that they'll have up against. And I wonder how many times he goes up against the top guys in those matchups when you have Patrick Peterson on the field uh, while you're a rookie. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm just so fascinated by, I mean, there's so many intriguing things about him, and we've talked about a ton of them, but one of the things is that, you know, he was targeted so frequently in that opening game last year against Purdue when Penn State played Purdue, and then I believe he had he was targeted like six times the rest of the season. And maybe it was just because of scheme, maybe because it was the way things worked out. Maybe it was just because of his talent and ability and quarterbacks did not want to throw his direction, mm -hmm. but that is going to be something that I think plays a big factor here. And I know the Steelers are going to want to get him as many looks as possible just to be able to, once things get really get going. And again, we're not going to have, they're not going to be full pads at OTAs, things like that, but we are going to see those DB wide receiver battles. And how is he going to look against Deontay Johnson and his shiftiness? How is he going to look against George Pickens and just the ability that Pickens has to get open, but you're right. There are going to be, I mean, we talk about it all the time too, the talent of quarterbacks and wide receivers in the AFC see North alone compared to the conference as a whole. And one of the biggest things I think the Steelers cornerbacks and just defensively as a secondary are not going to want to look to do is give up explosive plays in the ways that we saw them give it up against the Patriots, against the Bills and against the Eagles a season ago. Exactly. Because to me, a big part of this is you don't want to give up those big plays. I know Bills and Eagles were one thing. They got destroyed in those games. They were far and away. But if in just the Patriots game, and I brought this up and someone brought up a good point was, well, you could also say Gunnar Olszewski's fumble, which is absolutely true. But if sure. Kevin Witherspoon doesn't get beat by Nelson Aguilar for that big play against the Patriots, the Steelers have a good chance to win that game. And if they win that game, they're in the playoffs last year. And then yep. who knows what we're talking about for as far as excitement this year. So to me, part of this is also making sure that Joey Porter Jr., your first responsibility before you make plays in the ball, before you're, you're becoming an all-star, don't get beat for the big plays. Make sure that yep. the play's staying in front of you. And, and I think that's something that Steelers corners, the better Steelers corners that they've brought in over the years, 
they've done a very good job of doing. You go back to that 2019 season and you get to see how few big plays they allowed through the air and and, allow, and then when you're not allowing you're not allowing those big plays in the air you're forcing longer drives and longer drives mean more chances for you as a defense to make plays on the football for tj watt to get home for alex highsmith to go cam hayward and then also make fitzpatrick making interceptions and then the more throws you're having more chances for all of your guys to make plays in the football to me joey porter jr is going to have a lot of tasks to check off his get ready for the NFL NFL list. But one of the biggest things will be learning how to be that, that aggressive style of self, because to me, he, yeah. you don't want him to lose that aggression, right, Jenna, but keep that aggression, but also know how to use that aggression without giving up the big play and exposing the entire scheme of your defense. Yeah, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but I just remember watching the Bills, what was that, 98-yard touchdown from Josh yeah. Allen to Gabe Davis on, like, the second play of the game. And the way that the Bills press box is structured, you're basically kind of in the corner of the end zone that they, Josh Allen was throwing it out of. And that was one of those slow-motion plays where everyone in that press box was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, wow. That, 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 that's really, ha- it's happening. It's, it's happening. Like that was just one of those moments where you're just like, oh boy, this one's how this gonna, is going to go. So the Steelers obviously are not going to look to have a lot of those this season. And Joey Porter Jr., especially as a rookie, is going, is not going to want to be responsible for those big plays. And of course there's going to be times where he gets beat because it's just simply the nature of the NFL and the talent and the parity that there is across the league. But he's going to make sure he's going to want to do all that he can and develop any way that he can just kind of, you know, take what he can get in terms of all the knowledge from the coaching staff and from guys like Patrick Peterson and even guys like Levi Wallace to make sure those plays, if any happen at all, are as limited and as few as possible. Absolutely. It's going to be big questions. We'll get to see a little bit of action in OTAs. It's still just football and shorts, but it's still a chance to see them. And we'll get our chance to see what are the dynamics. What's Patrick Peterson like as an on-field leader? The Steelers had that guy for years in Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden was the guy that everyone circled around. I, you know, when it came to t- when it, when everyone was stretching and warming up, the corners would all talk to him and he'd kind of lead the conversations. And you, you saw that veteran leadership just bleed out into everything. I want I want to see how how Patrick Peterson impact that and just the overall dynamics of the team. Our first time seeing Kenny Pickett practice as a non-rookie in the NFL. Lots of things to talk about. We will be talking about them next week when OTA start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of course, OTAs for the Steelers. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let people, let people know where they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Well, thank you for having me as always. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and all of our listeners and viewers on a Friday. Happy Friday to everybody. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner. Um, and here on WPXI locally, we'll be uh, covering OTAs next week and we'll bring in mm-hmm. you all the latest storylines from uh, the Steelers headquarters on the South side. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Do check them out on Channel 11. They do a lot of great work. Thank you to Jetta. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can find me on at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I cover all things Pitt Athletics and run also the North Shore Drive podcast. Uh, there where we talk about a lot of different things at Pittsburgh sports there as well. You can also find the Locked On Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting app, whether that's uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, anywhere there, but also YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for all your 
your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. And remember, if you're if you're wanting to help out the show, don't uh, if if you can uh, give it give us a five star rating with a positive comment on Apple Podcast. Do both at the same time. You get a shout out like this person. We have Josh from Lancaster who says Chris Carter and Locked On are the best. You can tell Chris cares about the fans. Chris knows what he's talking about and gets to the point. He always has good guests like Jenna Harner. Uh, he keeps you up to date with everything. Love the pod and love Chris Carter's work. Thank you so much, Josh from Lancaster, and for your five star review. Please, uh, anyone who can do that, help us out. And if you want to help us out as well, you can please also help us out with our campaign to raise money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. You could donate anything you want as far as this. Just go use the QR code on your screen or go to the link that's going to be that's attached to this episode that, 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 that that's going to allow you to donate to this to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. We're raising money to help find the cure for cystic fibrosis as it impacts tens of thousands of Americans every year. So if you want to donate, if, if you want your if you if you're a caller who's been calling in but can't get your call on because there's so many people that are calling in all the time one when you call in at 412-223-6644 you can call in and leave your question make sure you leave your name where you're from and keep, and keep your question under a minute we'll get your question on the air but if you also donate at least ten dollars and i see that i will get your call on the air within a week of your donation so it's guaranteed to be heard on the show thanks to everyone who has donated and to who will donate moving forward thanks again to jeff Jenna for joining us here I'm Chris Carter, back on your screens on Monday, or do I have a bonus episode planned? We'll find out later on. We'll see you then.